Let's go to our sports call phone line and bring on a new guest, a new friend of the program, someone we've known for a little bit. It's uh, Bennett Durando of the Montgomery Advertiser, your beat writer for the Auburn Tigers, and Bennett is kind enough to join us here on the program. Thanks for the time, Bennett. How are things going for you in your world? Doing pretty good, JJ. Getting ready for things to sort of ramp up here in the next couple weeks. There's big cat uh, recruiting weekend and then fall camp gets going and, and before you know it we're into the football season <laughs> tell us what it's been like your first year covering auburn eventful <laughs> uh, you know i the i guess the overriding theme of the whole year was that i you know from an outside perspective obviously a football obsessed school such a great you know southern football culture here in auburn uh and, you know, the, the football team underperformed last season, the first losing season in nine years. And, and so I, I wasn't fully expecting to be covering a, a losing football season. And then a lot of other sports that sort of overachieved. Um, so sort of the juxtaposition of that, obviously basketball winning and SEC title, baseball worth making a college world series, and then gymnastics with the whole SUNY Lee craze and going to the final four. So I, there's no shortage of stuff to write about stuff to be curious about um and you know i I think even on the heels of a losing season for football it strikes me how passionate this fan base is um and so i don't know it is it is not an easily deterred fan base even by something like a five-game losing streak to end the season so i it's been really enjoyable to sort of engage with the fan base and cover all these different sports and sort of just get ingrained in the community and yeah ben as you were talking about the the auburn basketball team achieving its first ever number one ranking in the regular season almost had its first ever number one overall pick in jabari smith and and you went up there uh to kind of cover the nba draft what was that experience like it was great um it was my first nba draft uh as a reporter or otherwise so um you know it, it i was really shadowing Jabari for most of that night and um, we talked a little bit before the draft um, sort of just the mindset he was in he was really reflective sort of on on you know his adolescence and his time at Auburn and, and all of that and I think inevitably when you have an opportunity to go number one overall you fall to number three the competitor in you is, is really disappointed about that and Jabari Smith is about as competitive as anyone I've covered in my young career. I mean, this is a guy who studied YouTube videos about playing pool so that he could master the locker room pool table at Auburn. So falling from one to three, he wasn't going to take that lightly in, in sort of the initial moments after he got drafted. And I, and I think it did sort of hit him hard for a little bit and just sort of following him throughout the night, talking with him throughout the night, you sort of see that evolve from you know initial disappointment and and maybe a little bit of anger into you know that that sort of fuel that chip on his shoulder and by the end of the night he was pretty enthusiastic about being a houston rocket even though it was a team that he hadn't even worked out with he was uh you know pretty bought into it even you know within the span of an hour and a half after being uh in a spot where he never thought he would be number three (laughs) 
Take us into the draft, Bennett, because this is something that we've been watching our whole lives, and you've got the rooted interest now in Jabari Smith, where he could end up. Walker Kessler is selected there at the first round. Uh, We talk often among draft parties that you may go to to watch the event. You've got the guys that want to stare at their phone to see Woj or Shams break the news instantly. As someone who's there in the arena, what is that like to watch the draft sort of unfold? Are you able to get scoops? I know, as you said, it was your first time there. What was it like being there and just everything that you saw in the Barclays Center? It's pretty cool because you have every view of it simultaneously. So the media seating is down on the floor. Um, You're, you know, your eye level with, with the guys who are attending the draft, the players, you know, sitting with their families. Um, And then right above me, right above my press row spot uh, is where Woj is sitting, you know, at his little table waiting to do live hits for ESPN and then you know you can tell when it's a commercial break or when he's not on air because he's looking down at his phone he's you know probably tweeting something significant Uh, so it's sort of fascinating to watch it all play out Um, you know I we're separated enough from the players and their families that it's not it's not like I'm seeing things or or getting any sort of scoop before it actually happens Um, but in the immediate aftermath of, you know, someone like Jabari or Walker getting drafted, someone who I've covered, I'm able to go into the tunnel, pretty much wait for them to make their way to that point. And then, and then I can pretty much walk with them under the arena. Um, you know, it, it helps that they recognize me and I've been around and covered them all year. Um, but you know, they, they, there are about a million different media stops and photo shoots and, you know, little social media hits and all this stuff that, that the guys do it it's pretty head spinning stuff for you know in jabari's case a 19 year old to handle you know while you're also processing the emotions of going number three after you thought you were going to be number one so i there there's sort of a lot that goes into it um it's a fascinating experience to sort of you know you look up and you see what Woj is doing or you know you're you're alongside of a lot of your sort of fellow media members you're right there. I, I was able to chat with Jabari on the floor like half an hour before the draft started, you know, so it, it's a pretty intimate experience. As we look ahead towards next season for Auburn basketball, obviously a, a, a big opportunity coming up for the program and the media got to meet with, with Coach Bruce Pearl and also Jay Billis, Roxy Bernstein the other day. Talking about this trip to Israel, Bennett, what, what do you have for what this, what this will mean for the team and, and the opportunity they have to do this? Yeah, um, I mean, the the most important sort of takeaway is that, you know, four years ago when Auburn did its last international trip and, and, you know, teams are sanctioned for one every four years by the NCAA, Auburn went to Italy. It's, it's a great opportunity for team bonding before a season that you might not ordinarily have, and it's in a place that you've never been before a lot of the time. It's, you know, a, a pretty unforgettable experience whether it's Italy or Israel or or whatever it may be Uh, and that team four years ago ended up being a 2019 Final Four team so um, yeah there there were guys on that team that sort of laid the groundwork for their chemistry uh, bonded a lot and that was something that Jay Billis hit on yesterday was something that Bruce Pearl talked about and it's you know that's sort of the same thing that, that feels essential for this Auburn team because it's another new look roster as as a program improves and you start to have 
guys come in who could be one and done, like Jabari Smith or a transfer like Kessler, who is there one season and then enters the draft, develops really quickly. You sort of have to start handling the whiplash of roster turnover uh, a lot sooner. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be the same group of guys for four years. Um, and Auburn has some returners, but there are a lot of new faces, a lot of guys who sort of have to learn to mesh with each other. And a trip like this is really good for that. You know, from a off-the-court perspective and an on-the-court, they're going to play those three games in Israel against some tough competition, including the national team and the U-20 national team. So uh, it'll be sort of an interesting way to see what this team looks like in action for the first time. Our guest is Bennett Durando with the Montgomery Advertiser. You can follow him on Twitter at Bennett Durando. All right, let's transition now to football. Here we are counting down the days until fall camp finally opens. We saw SEC Media Days last week in Atlanta. They're all week long broadcasting the show. And Bennett, we saw you come up uh, there throughout the week to cover Auburn as they get set for this upcoming football season. Anything notable that you took away from last week's events in the ATL? Um, well, there was a lot of talk about the February inquiry against right. Brian Harson. Um, and, and it's sort of funny to go into this sort of, you know, big national media hoopla thing as a local beat writer. And I was talking about this with some of the other local media. This is stuff that we've asked Carson about, you know, sort of from a variety of angles. It's stuff that we've asked the players about throughout spring. And, you know, a lot of it gets rehashed. A lot of it gets asked in seven different ways to, to Harson and the players and uh, so it's sort of funny to see it from that perspective first of all and, and Harson, what stood out to me was that Harson sort of went in a little confrontational about it he said I'm going to hit it on it right now at the beginning of his um, opening statements on the main stage he sort of had a little fun with it which isn't something that we always see him do in a press setting he you know called out some of the media and was, was like some of you probably didn't expect to see me here uh, for a second media days. Um, you know, so there's some self-awareness to it, uh, bringing a little bit of punch to him, I guess, and, and then basically announcing, you know, he doesn't really want to talk about it anymore beyond this. So uh, it's all talking season. It doesn't matter that much at the end of the day. What's going to matter is whether Harson can win games and whether he can recruit in the next four months. And then you got the players that are alongside him as well. Their chance to meet with reporters. And as you mentioned, the local media is very familiar with these guys, having talked to them over the years and that sort of thing. What's the most interesting thing in your eyes about Tank Bigsby? Well, let me tell you, I uh, almost everything that we've done with Auburn football in the last calendar year had been on Zoom from a media perspective. Right. Uh, still sort of working through the COVID stuff. So, uh, I haven't had a ton of chances to be face-to-face with these players and get to know them in that way, um, you know, whereas with basketball, things were sort of lightening up a little bit more during that season, so I was able to be around a lot of those guys more. Um, so I, I, just sort of being around them in person, I, I think, helps a lot. Um, Hank Bigsby was pretty... I, he, he was pretty candid about a lot of things. He was really adamantly defensive of Harson when he kept getting hit with a thousand different versions of, you know, is Brian Harson a good coach sort of questions from various reporters, various media. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought uh, he was pretty articulate. Um, 
he was pretty adamant about wanting to stay at Auburn. The moment that sort of stands out to me is um, him saying, you know, I could have run, I could have transferred, but the more that he thought about the possibility of doing that, the more it felt like, you know, if you're going to run now, aren't you going to keep running from adversity forever? I, I thought he was pretty eloquent in how he sort of approached some of the questions about being back at Auburn for this junior season. How many times have you been asked about the quarterback situation going into this upcoming season? Whatever the number is, add one to it, because I'm asking you right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, that, that'll be number 46. Okay, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> some, what an honor like for that. me. But but you know what? That's like a fraction of how many times Harson's been asked about sure. it. So, um, <laughs> he, you know, that, that's going to continue to be a thing. Um, it's, you know, Harson said that he wants to have an idea of it probably 10 days to a week before the first game, you know, going into a game week and sort of knowing who the starter is and being able to uh, game plan around that. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's really a three-horse race with Calzada, Finley, and Ashford. Uh, Calzada certainly feels like the favorite just in terms of the buzz going into fall camp. Um, there were definitely the most questions in Atlanta about Calzada. Uh, and, and Harson admitted that there's maybe a little bit of a competitive edge that goes to Calzada, just being a guy who had nearly a full season of starting experience right. last season at A&M, as opposed to, you know, TJ Finley had three games at the end of the season for Auburn. All of them were losses. Um, on the other hand, you know, there's some familiarity with the system for Finley having been here for a whole year. So, uh, I do think it's pretty open. I, I think it's fair to call Calzada the favorite, but um, I, I don't think that Brian Harson or Eric Keesaw is going into preseason practices with a preconception of who it's going to be. I think they're keeping a pretty open mind about it. Let me shift gears to you. Talking quarterbacks here, Bennett Durando, our guest from the Montgomery Advertiser. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Bennett Durando. Growing up in St. Louis, who is your favorite quarterback? Is it Kurt Warner? Is that safe to assume, Bennett? Oh, yeah. It was Kurt Warner. Uh, I Even after he was uh, no longer a Ram, I remember very avidly rooting for the Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl that uh, he led them to against the Steelers, and they ended up losing on the um, the Santonio Holmes, yeah, yep, yep, exactly. Uh, amazing Super Bowl, but very heartbreaking. I would have loved for the Kurt Warner to Larry Fitzgerald path to be a, a championship winner. So, do St. Louis people are you a LA Rams fan at this point? Or are you anti NFL? Like, what happens when your team's taken away? Uh, a lot of pain, a lot of <laughs> suffering. Uh, and here we are in our first conversation. I'm bringing this up, man. Wow. A lot of a lot of self reflection um, about <laughs> about my existence as a sports fan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I've pretty uh, I've been rooting against the Rams pretty much ever since they went to L. A. Wow. Um, so you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, the NFL doesn't exist right now until there's a new champion. <laughs> So do you just jump over to the Chiefs, or how does the, how does this work for most of St. Louis? Yeah, I don't. I think it. I think a lot of people were soured to the NFL as a whole. Yeah, I think a lot of people sort of shifted to the Chiefs. I was in Columbia at Missouri as Patrick Mahomes was sort of erupting, and 
you know, becoming the star that he is and leading the Chiefs to a Super Bowl. Um, and so, you know, Columbia's smack dab halfway between St. Louis and Kansas City. So there's a lot of Chiefs fans, a lot of Kansas City natives in, in Columbia and at Mizzou. So it's pretty cool to be, you know, in a college town experiencing that atmosphere and the hype around the Chiefs during that. So it became easy to be a Mahomes fan and to be a Chiefs fan, even if, you know, I, like I, I, I hate bandwagoning too much. So I, I want to be like self-aware enough about like, oh, I can't, I can't just become a Chiefs fan as they start, you know, <laughs> going to AFC championship games consistently. But, um, but that was pretty cool to be around while at Missouri. And then you had Pujols in the home run derby last week. I mean, things are happening in St. Louis. I know. I know. It was great. Pujols, you know, a childhood icon, you know. So uh, I, it's, it's very cool to have him in St. Louis. I would love to uh, win another ring with him, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. It was, it was cool to see him in the derby and then to uh, see him win a round was awesome. I, I don't care what you say. I, I refuse to believe it was rigged. <laughs> well, if if I'm not mistaken, you arrive on the planes and, and talk a baseball here with Bennett Durando, and then all of a sudden you find yourselves at the World Series, right? Did you go to the World Series this past year? So I I was going to, and then it ended up coinciding with the draft. So ah. um, the NBA draft, I know. So it was it was sort of chaos, but I was covering it um, remotely, and I've been covering the postseason run and all that. Um, Pretty wild. I, I'm I know talking it, about. I'm talking about the Braves World Series. Were you not there? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. Uh, my bad. I thought you meant Auburn. Yeah. Too, too many World too many Series. Local World Series appearances. <laughs> um, yeah, the Braves thing was that. That was cool too. You know, I talked about being in Columbia, Missouri, when the Chiefs were winning a Super Bowl. It's sort of the same thing. Like being in a nearby college town to the city as a pro team there is going on a championship run it's cool to just sort of soak in the vibes of the college town that's sort of savoring every moment of that i don't know i you know i'm i'm not a brave fan i'm brave fans probably hate cardinals fans you know no hard feelings but but it was cool to see that a lot of my friends on the auburn beat are brave fans and so i was and you're talking to several today in the studio so yeah 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 exactly so i was happy for them to you know be able to celebrate that i was it was fun to see them happy well bennett this has been absolutely great we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to answer the phone call and talk about the auburn tigers here with us tell my listeners our listeners here on the program how they can support the montgomery advertiser and everything you got going on how can we support yeah uh you can go to montgomeryadvertiser.com you can very specifically go to a story with my byline on it and subscribe from there we have pretty cheap deals i'm not it, it was a one dollar for the first six month deal for a while. I think that's still going. Don't take my word for it, but nonetheless, it support. Reason, yes, it gives you a go. It gives you a reason to go and, and see if that is still the deal. At any rate, I, I like to think a subscription is worth it. Supports my livelihood and uh, keeps me <laughs> able to provide good Auburn coverage hopefully so you know subscribe that's really the best thing you can do looking forward to seeing you throughout fall camp thanks for the time today Bennett yeah no thanks JJ anytime